Welcome to the Coworking Out Loud podcast, an exploration into storytelling, community, and the art of being human. This is episode 14 of the Coworking Out Loud podcast. I'm your host, Kat Johnson. For those of you who've been following along, this podcast has evolved quite a bit over the past year, and we're about to enter a new realm entirely as we transition to an interview show. I'll be chatting with interesting people about community, connection, authenticity, and of course, co-working. The vision is to go below the surface topics and dig into those things that connect us all. My first guest is a dear friend of mine and a quiet giant of co-working. Susan Dorsch co-founded Office Nomads, the longest-running co-working space in Seattle. She played an essential role in establishing co-working as a human-powered movement, and she's one of the most genuine, cool people I know. Let's get started. Hey, Susan. Welcome to the new Coworking Out Loud podcast. You're my first guest. Yay! <laughs> you know, it makes sense to start with you because it was a conversation we had last year about, I told you I was sick of hearing my own voice. I was just doing solo podcasts and we started talking about um, how to do something that was different from the other co-working podcasts, but still kind of entwine these things we care about, like community and connection. And we sat on the couch and kind of hammered out some some ideas. And from there, it, that was the inspiration for it. It took a few months to get it going, but but here we are. Yeah, I'm so glad, and I'm I'm honored. This is yep. great. And uh, we, we just were talking a minute ago about the snow in Seattle, but um, Susan is in snowpocalypse land right now, which I don't know, is it, how often does it snow in Seattle? Is that like completely uh, extraordinary? Um, you know, every once in a while we get little bits of snow, you know, like an inch or so, and then it goes away. But we got, I think in total in Seattle, it's been like 11 inches or some large amount of snow, which we're very much not used to. No. Standard Seattle operation is it snows, everybody panics, and you just wait for it to <laughs> rain again, and then it's fine. Um, right. So we don't really have too many snow plows. We don't have too much stuff because it's not worth getting the infrastructure for. So, uh, But as things are changing, uh, we may have the reality of some more of this crazy snowy weather in the future. And so anyway... I didn't even think about that, that infrastructure stuff with the city, like snowplows. Yeah, it's like, it's wonderful and terrible, right? Like, it's delightful if you can just sort of go with the flow and not really be bothered by getting just totally shut down for, you know, what's usually just like a like a day or two. But this has been like a full week plus of disruptions and school closures and roads are a mess and Anyway, it's, wow. it's a lot to handle. Um, so I think particularly the parents in Seattle are going a little bananas. It was beautiful over the weekend. It was fluffy. You could sled. We were talking about this earlier. It was just like everybody was busting out all of their Seattle outdoor gear that we don't get to use in the city. You know, there's, there were, people were going skiing by. Somebody went by in a snowmobile <laughs> by my house. Like everybody's just excited until yesterday when it all got warmer and now we're in a giant slushy and it's horrible. Right. So, and no. yeah, so parents with work and everything, how has it been at Office Nomads? Have you stayed open through this? Um, a little bit yes and a little bit no. So the days where it was 
truthfully, where it was safe to walk, um, which were days where it was just snowy, um, we were open. Um, the bulk of this last storm was really over the weekend. So we were closed over the weekend, but like I opened on Monday, it was snowy and fun and some people came in and it's, you know, it's, it's fun. It's snow day atmosphere. Like everybody's excited and some people put their fat tires on their bikes and they biked in with their big fat tires and were proud of themselves and got here however they could. Um, but yesterday we were closed because it was so, the snow turned so heavy mm. that branches of trees were breaking and falling. And the walk, truthfully, I like, I was not feeling safe walking in. Yeah. Um, and Mike, uh, who is our full-time staff at Office Nomads lives uh, down several, up and down several hills to get here. And the buses weren't running on them. Mm. Seattle for people who don't have never been here before is surprisingly hilly. Yeah. Um, don't think about Seattle that way and so our our very steep hills plus our lack of infrastructure for dealing with snow makes it kind of a hot mess so people people were stuck at home even if they didn't want to be oh yeah and it was funny there was definitely like a good twitter like gathering of people being like I'm stuck like help me that's <laughs> like my working is so great like exactly yeah. that like speaks to the heart of, of what we're doing you know and in the co-working world, we talk a lot about um, dismantling loneliness and addressing isolation and giving people a sense of belonging. And I'm curious to, to shift a little bit. Like when you think of co-working from that perspective, not from the idea of running a space, but from helping people not be isolated, um, like what, is that, what does that mean to you? I'd love to dig into a little bit of that. Oh, well, I mean, I think, you know, sticking with the snow theme, like this last round when people were more legitimately stuck at home, I think it just reinforced for some people who are very used to either going into an office because they have a regular job or having a co-working space. They're like, well, this is why this is so important because <laughs> now I've had these, you know, four five, six days of not having access to other people, or maybe I am relying more on my virtual interactions with the world, which are mixed, you know, at best, depending on what medium you're using. Um, so I think, I think it, you know, was an example of, again, after it wasn't fun anymore, which I like really Monday was sort of the marker of when it stopped being fun, uh, at least for me. And I love snow. Uh, but you know, we're just, when you spend all day not going outside and not really interacting with other people, it's not healthy for you. And it was a good reminder of, of this is why co-working is so important. This is why knowing your neighbors is so important. This is why having whatever your community is, is because we are not built for sitting at home by ourselves for long periods of time. That's not how we're built. <laughs> That's so true. And just surviving, like, um, I heard Brene Brown say the other day, she was talking about how like there's some species that um, the young could potentially survive if like they, they're left alone or something, but human babies are just like, there's no way like we desperately need each other so much from, you know, obviously when we're infants, but um, through our whole lives, if we were isolated, things would fall apart really quickly, just like yeah. in terms of basic survival. And even isolating our individual family units um, is you realize the the dangers of that too, right? So you suddenly realize that like, like I have two young kids at home and my husband. And so all four of us were just sort of in our little box by ourselves for too long. And they're, you know, we have fun for a while. And then you start, 
everybody's getting on each other's nerves and going crazy. And you realize that, you know, having a, whether it's you're kind of sharing babysitters or you have a date, like my kids go to daycare. Like it's not just that they care for your kids. It's that they have these other valuable social interactions and we have valuable social interactions with both other families at our daycare. And the, then I get more interactions. My husband and I get more interactions in our co-working space and we get to be around other people. If we were just the four of us by ourselves for too long, it would not be good, Kat. <laughs> it's not good. You know, it's nice to take like a home day sometimes, or a home weekend, but I am usually way ready to get back in the world. I just start getting a little too, um, you know, it's just a weird, a weird feeling. I don't do well away from people. Yeah, escape hatch. Absolutely critical. <laughs> I, <don't. laughs> no, I, I remember, I don't remember if it was in, the conversation that you and I had, or if I read it in something you wrote, but um, you talked about how at Office Nomads, you don't think of yourself as building community, but you think of, I'm going to paraphrase here, like holding a space where community can be built or something. Will you tell me about that? Because that has really stuck with me. Yeah. I mean, I think there's there's a lot of different ways to think about it. I can um, spin it. One of the most valuable ways that I've ever thought about it. And I think Jacob was the first person, my business partner, Jacob sales might've been the first person who we really started digging into this conversation about how, if like, if community is a head, if, if a community, if you think of it as like a head of broccoli, like you didn't grow, you didn't grow the broccoli. Like you got a broccoli seed and you planted it in healthy soil and you worked on building a healthy, strong place and you watered it. You made sure that like you weeded around it and kind of took care of it. But you like, you don't grow broccoli. The broccoli grows itself, but you help, you help it grow and you create a good place for it to grow. And that I think is a, just a great analogy for what I think is so valuable about community building is that you're not, community isn't a product. Like it's not like a, a thing you sell. At least I don't think it is. Um, but it's a thing that you create an opportunity to grow and we are all better for it. And that's, I don't know, that's definitely how I think about it. I also think when people say that they build the community, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty egocentric place that I try to keep myself out of. It's tempting to go into it because you're like proud of the thing that you made and the thing that you're doing. But the community part of it, I didn't build that. They built that. I'm looking at them. You can't see me because we're on a podcast, but I'm pointing at them. They're out there. <laughs> And they're doing it. I'm not doing it. God, there is so much there that I just love. And um, the broccoli analogy, wow. So fun, right? (laughs) I can just hear you and Jacob, like, going deep into the community broccoli parallel. I don't know why it was broccoli, but it was broccoli. It's so pretty. (laughs) I definitely feel that coming coming from Office Nomads, coming from Jacob, coming from you, that there's this really like calm, authentic sense of, of co-working. Like it's really not um, dressed up in a lot of flash and it's not, it just is like you walk in and you're immediately aware you're in a, a group of connected people, maybe some loosely, some some more tightly, but um, it's amazing that 
over the last, are you creeping up on 11 years now? I remember when we were talking about 10 years. Yeah, we're like, we're like 10 and a half now. 10 and a half years <laughs> to, to keep that going. You know, it's, it's really profound. And I think it says a lot about um, the foundation under there. I sometimes worry that these workspaces, once um, co-working is no longer kind of the real estate darling, that they're just going to disappear. But I feel like there's such a strong foundation with office nomads, what, what you've built it on. Mm, thanks. Yeah. I, yeah. Thank you. Yep. So we had been, you, you and I had been friends for, I don't know, a couple of years before I learned that you were raised um, a Quaker. Mm-hmm. And I immediately was like, I'm not even sure what that means. So, <laughs> you know, I would like ask you questions and every time we're together, I end up kind of, drifting the conversation. So um, I've learned some things mostly from you. And it's interesting to me um, what I'm, what I'm learning, uh, including yesterday, Googling around and, and watching the video you sent that there's, there are some parallels between the type of um, co-working and I'll call you a community builder. Cause that's me looking at it. Like clearly it's <laughs> happening. Um, and, and being a Quaker and, in particular, the things that struck me were like kind of honoring the the divine in each person. And feel free to jump in and correct me here. I want to make sure I don't want to speak uh, for other people, but um, just like that sense that everyone has something to to offer, that everyone has like a spark of of the divine, the strong. Um, commitment to community, the commitment to peace, and it seems like there's a social justice thread. Um, I'm nodding my head, sorry. Open-mindedness, <laughs> I'm just like, if I were to describe you, these are all things that I'd be like, yes, yes, yes. And I'm so curious if you just want to um, start talking about how maybe that that influenced your move into co-working and how you think about community. I don't know if you can separate it because it's just a part of who you are, but I'm fascinated by this, this aspect of you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm super happy to talk about it. And I think I told you, I have to say thank you for asking me about it because I think I told you probably years ago that I was like, Oh, I really want to write a blog post about co-working <laughs> and Quakerism. And I think there's so much like cool overlap to be learned. And so I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to write that blog post. So thank you. Because now I can just send people this link and I'll feel proud of myself for doing it. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so I do think it's hard to um, kind of tease things apart about who you are as a person. and But I feel very similarly about my understanding how it is that I got where I am now um, and how it connects to Quakerism and how Quakerism influenced kind of my path to co-working. Similarly to, um, I was a sociology major in college, and I don't think I ever realized that I was going to use it until about five years into Office Nomads, where I was like, oh, wait, I'm totally using my sociology degree right now. Like, I don't know if anybody ever has before, other than (laughs) becoming a professor, but like, ah, co-working, so great. Um, And I think it was similar with with Quakerism, and, and I think... Um, I am not a very religious person now in my life. And even in my upbringing, going to Quaker, we go to Quaker meeting is what you do. Um, instead of church, it's called meeting. Um, you know, we went a lot as as kids and as I was growing up. Um, 
And I think it's definitely one of those things that you don't realize all that you're learning and all that you're absorbing until, you know, decades later when it all kind of pours out of you and you're like, oh, that was super influential in my life. And I don't think I quite connected the dots until now. Um, so yeah, there's, and I got to spend some time getting ready for our conversation today, just digging through some old links and learning a little bit more about, less about Quaker history, which um, anybody who's listening can go and look up sort of how Quakerism came to be, um, but more about the values that are held um, by Quakers in, in general um, and looking at those values and realizing how much that's influenced how I've, how I have chosen to operate office nomads and, and be a person in business. Um, yeah, there's so much in there um, to dig into. Um, I think that one of the biggest things that came out, there's a um, pretty common Quaker saying, there's lots of little tidbits of, of words and wisdom, but one of them um, that I think really speaks to me in terms of how I, I've chosen to operate office nomads Quakers love to say, let your life speak, um, which I just think is so beautiful and so well-grounded um, that you can talk a lot about what it is that you want or what your values are, and you can um, spend your time telling people what your values are, or you can just be a good example in the world um, and be a good example for the people around you. Um, and I think that the, the older I get and the more that I look back on Office Nomads, I know that I've been my most successful and our co-working space has been its most successful when that's been the goal. It's just like, do, do well, do good, be a good example for the other spaces and the other communities that are kind of paying attention to you and everything will be fine. Um, and that's generally held true, which is kind of cool. Um, I can keep going. Or if you have other questions, you know, I want you to keep going. And I'm just thinking like that, like the description you just gave is the you that I know you just like quietly and beautifully are doing this, this really like subtle, but totally profound work in the world. Like, I feel like my life got significantly better when you randomly looped me into a circle <laughs> from out of the blue we were obviously like destined to be friends we connected immediately um but this that quiet beautiful but so 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 important work like I see that that's how you move through the world and it's um it's interesting to think that 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 is on the on the heels of how you were raised. That this is just a continuum. It makes me want to meet your parents and and your extended. Oh my god! <laughs> also, it just I feel like what you just said is you embody that. Yeah, I think. Um, thank you. I mean, I, I I do think now, you know, especially in the realm of social media and kind of the way that the sort of individual centric way that we express ourselves um, kind of butts up with that sometimes. Like I'm always sort of checking myself more on like my personal side, you know, like my Instagram feed. I'm like, am I just being kind of a jerk about like, look at this awesome thing that happened. And then this other awesome thing that happened, you know, you feel kind of braggy sometimes. And I think that um, I do think that that, that concept of let, you know, let your life speak plus, the broadcasting system that we all have now as individuals 
is can be a little challenging. I think it's it it all totally confused, but I I think that the keeping your ego in check, um, which of which there's you know elements of that within kind of Quakerism, like learnings as well, is is important for me to always kind of keep in mind. That's more about the content side of things. And similarly for office nomads, like I don't want to be like, I always tell people, I can't tell you you're going to meet a new friend here. I can't sell that to you. I can't say like, you're going to meet three new friends and you'll have five, four new business collaborators. Like I can't sell that. Like that's not appropriate <laughs> um, or true. Um, but I can just say you're more likely to have those things happen here because you show up um, and because you bring yourself, your full self to the space. Um, I just think there's some interesting pieces there, right? Instead of bragging about, you know, the, all the cool friends and all the cool businesses that are coming out of here, you can just say you're, you're more likely to have those things happen here. It's just kind of a different way to think about it. You know, what you just said about um, encouraging and empowering and holding a space for people to bring their best self their and their whole self to mm. a space, like, we don't have that many places in our lives that we can show up as we are, right? There's a lot of, and that, that like the social media stuff. Sometimes I fear that I've painted myself into a corner with all this branding shit. You know, it's like, God, it's, it's important to the work we're doing. You have, you have to have Instagram, you have to have your Facebook, you have to do all the things. And I also know that when I'm the most connected and joyful and at peace, my phone is nowhere around. I'm not even thinking about like, oh, let's post this, right? Like, there is an interesting disconnect there. And the idea that um, co-working could provide a place for people to be their whole selves, like mm-hmm. all of it, mm-hmm. you know, where we see each other on the worst days and the best days, I think is part of what's missing from the, um, how it's being presented and sold these days. Yeah, I would agree. I don't know if there's a great way to fix it um, that I'm coming up with on the fly. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I do think that the more that you can be sort of authentic about your experience and, you know, even in, I think, you know, Instagram posts and things like that, obviously not taking pictures of people crying, but like, you know, there's ways to be like, you know, one of our members showed up today and she got in a car accident the day before and then she fell on her bike on the way in and, busted up her tailbone like she's feeling like crap and she needs some help and she got it here when she walked in the door and like it is it's a harder story to craft than like (laughs) you know than the cute dog that's sitting on the floor and helping people get their work done um but it's still an important story to tell I think those stories are the fuel that keeps this movement going too like when you read a post that's totally from someone's soul like yes that's what we're doing that's why we're doing this um Hmm. and in my with my work it's sometimes tricky because I have my hands in a lot of different kind of aspects of this movement slash industry and I talk to a lot of people and a lot of amazing people um I don't even know where I'm going with that (laughs) 
Just let that be. I just the the real stories are the things like um, our friend Angel is really good at surfacing those and speaking. Oh, yeah. She has a crying corner in her space or something. It's like that kind of really real, raw, good, authentic stuff. Um, it keeps she's a miracle worker. Right? Yeah, I know she's <laughs> a miracle worker, and she would tell you like you will have more friends when you join. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh God, what else do I want to touch in here with you? I feel like we could we could go on about some of the challenges that in the in the workspace industry, but I kind of don't want to go down that hole. I kind of want to connect more with you about um, the stuff like I guess now you have you're a mom of two. I am. While you had two really young kids, you ended up um, making some big decisions about office nomads and um, will you just for people who don't have the, the who aren't lucky enough to have regular convos with you um, what was that like kind of deciding to well re- so recently you downsized office nomads I'd love to hear about that and also the challenges of um, kind of transitioning and doing all this with two young kids like you you had a lot going on for a while maybe you still feel like you do I do uh yeah there's so much in there (laughs) there's so (laughs) much I can talk about I mean I think that uh becoming a parent twice over in a short period of time so my kids are now three and a half and two so they're a year and a half apart um so I was like pregnant and breastfeeding and whatever for like three years straight just was kind of intense um which is a big physical demand. Um, and I think that anytime you're, uh, just tapped, it was, well, first it was a, it's been an, like an incredibly humbling experience and a very cool thing. I'm super excited about the fact that my husband and I, we made a little family and made two pretty kick-ass little humans that I en- enjoy spending time with. I don't want to be trapped in the house with them for too much longer. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they are wonderful. Um, but first of all, I, like so many times I would be awake in the middle of the night and be like, I don't know how single parents do it. And I am just like my reverence for people who are going through that path on their own is just like through the roof now. And I just, want to say that out to the world, how inspiring that is and how hard it must be. Um, Having a community and a tribe around you has never been more important to me now than it has been before. And um, so that has become more apparent too. We shouldn't be trying to raise families in vacuums. We should be doing it with other people. Uh, My husband's parents now live here in Seattle with us, which is a huge win. I have this great set of grandparents right here and my parents come out and visit. Anyway, uh, parenting is great, uh, but it's a challenge to anyone. Um, but it's also a challenge when you're trying to run a small business. Um, yeah, I, I was looking through, I started, so I did decide it was, I think in June ish, June or July of last year, that I wanted to reduce our space. We had expanded our space um, into, we were had started just on one floor of our building and we had expanded into two floors. And I decided in June that I wanted to kick us back up into just being on one floor again. Um, and 
I started at that same time, once I'd made that decision, um, started work journaling, which I had never really done before. And um, Alex Hillman, who runs Indie Hall, had told me that he uses this app for his, it's called Day One, and I've found it really to be useful. Um, And I just started writing things down, like whatever was happening and whatever was coming to mind. And I was going through some of those old, older posts the other day, and it was like, how many things had changed since we decided to expand? So we expanded in 2012. That same year, I got married. Like the next year or the year after, Jacob got married. And then I had two kids. Jacob moved to Vancouver, BC to work on this other co-working project. We had like dramatically shaken up our day-to-day lives and our, the day-to-day of what Office Nomads was doing. And it just was the least sustainable thing of all time. <laughs> I, you know, he was trying to help from afar, and but was also running this huge project. And I was like not sleeping for like a couple of years, and you know was managing too much and um, couldn't have my head on straight about anything. Um, and it was just too much. It was crazy. Um, and so. I thought I was just going to close it down. Truth be told, there were several days where I was just like, I think my hands are thrown up and I'm tired and I can't see my way through what should happen next. Um, but then I, I think I came to a rational conclusion, thankfully, uh, that I would love to keep it going um, and love to still do what we do, but it just needed to be smaller. Um, and getting ready for you and I to talk when I was looking through all this fun stuff about Quakers and Quakerism and um, there's another uh, very common thing that Quakers talk a lot about, which is um, listening for your inner voice or listening for the, 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 the voice within, which can be a divine voice that you're listening for. Um, but there's this idea that you, you know, should be working towards creating a sense of peace within yourself so that you can hear that voice. Um, and I think that that's what I wasn't able to hear I couldn't hear and I couldn't hear myself. I couldn't hear anything. And I was just like, there was just too much. There was too much rent to pay, too much space to take care of, too many things that were broken, too many babies crying and <laughs> too many diapers and just too much, you know? Uh, and I think that what deciding to shrink our operation, not only, and I can talk about how powerful that's been for our, the members here, which I think has also been, thankfully, it's been great for them, but it's been like this huge gift to me that like that piece within I way more attainable. Now I can like, it's still a challenge, but I, I can now spend a little bit of time and sit and think about what it is that we're doing and have ideas. Again, I can have things that I want to work on. I can have progress that I want to make instead of feeling like I am just scrambling to try and keep up with this shit all day long. Um, sometimes literal shit, not always, but you know, <laughs> and I, that's, that's what it was. It was, you know, when I think back on that and then thought about the figures and it was just like, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't hear myself at all. Um, it was too much. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And it, I've realized the value of mental spaciousness mm. in the last year. Like I meditate and I got rid of a bunch of work stuff that, and anyway, I replaced it with um, 
there's more space in my world where I can actually think and have ideas and do things. And um, I'm thrilled that that you're in a place with that. And I'm curious how you came to that place in all that kind of mental overwhelm. What was the, how did you know that you wanted to keep it going and the idea to um, move everyone upstairs, which I would love to hear about how that's affected the community as well. Um, I mean, I think I came to the decision. um, I mean, I came to the decision probably in a a hundred different directions and I just needed to wait to feel confident about it. Um, After, you know, I'm very open with talking about that whole process with our members and chatting with people and seeing what they thought and wondering if they would be okay with it or not. And, you know, you kind of have everybody else's expectations thrown upon you. Um, And, um, but, you know, I think that the, I just, I I couldn't imagine life without it, I think is really the summary. It was like, I just couldn't, I could to some extent and I would get excited about little things like, I'd be like, oh, I'll join, I'll join this other co-working space. I'm going to join the cloud room. Like I can be a member over there. That's so cool. Like, I'd be a badass member of another co-working space. <laughs> like, would. Like uh, or I'd be really annoying. I don't know which one. Um, <laughs> like, oh, I have an idea for you. <laughs> have you thought about doing it this way? <laughs> Ugh, I'd be the worst. So, but I, but then, you know, just like what a gift it is to me every day that I'm able to come in here, to walk in here to this place that we all made together that, you know, brings me joy. Like, it brings me so much joy. And I didn't want to go on without that quite yet. I wasn't ready for that amount of radical change. That would have totally shaken my world up um, in ways that I couldn't really handle. And truthfully, it would have been uh, astronomically more work to do. And I, there was a part of that too, that I like, couldn't tackle that. Um, I could tackle shrinking it for sure. Felt doable. I got to keep it. I got to keep it going and maybe just maybe feel like I got my hands back on the steering wheel a little bit and that we could get it back together. How the vibe changed like um, when it was on both levels, it was this really big spacious place. I could kind of wander around and find a place to sit or whatever. And now it has, my dad um, was a photojournalist at the Salt Lake Tribune for decades, like 40 something years. Mm -hmm. And um, the Tribune building, we used to love to go. It was, really bustling and a lot of people all in one space, but there was this amazing energy. And as you're talking now, I'm, I'm picturing what it's like just in the upstairs and it has kind of that similar feel where like you walk in and there are just people everywhere. It's just a a cool sense of energy and phone calls are happening and someone's working on a puzzle in the corner. There's just a lot of life in there. It's, it's like you brought it all and just kind of tightened it up a little bit. Yeah. And I, it was really important to me, and it, it still is. I, there was another entry that I'd written in at some point. Um, I think it was like in August. I had, This is such a random side, but I'm just going to go there. I had run into this woman, or I was, I was at the, our, one of our local bookstores, the best bookstore in the world, Elliott Bay. Uh, it's just a few blocks from Office Nomads. I was at Elliott Bay getting something, and I was in line behind this woman who was just griping about her town. I can't remember where she lived. I think somewhere in Oregon anyway, she was just like, oh, there's too many people move there. It's not the same anymore. So I'm just going, I'm going to leave. Like, I can't do it anymore. Like change, blah. She was just not into it. And like, what a common thing. I think, you know, Seattle is going through this huge amount of growth. There's tons of new people. It's at breakneck speed. It's a little bit, it is a little bit much, but um, 
just how easy it is to be afraid of change and to feel like you need to escape to get to back to where you were somehow or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and how I didn't want this to be that. Like, I didn't want it to be like, we're running away and we're just going to be back where we were before. I wanted it to be that we were moving forward on a different path. We were going to change it and make it better. Um, Cause it didn't feel like a retreat to me. Like it did feel like this, we had an opportunity to make that change and to make, to make us into a smaller space. Um, but I didn't want to just like close down the first floor and just not change anything about upstairs. So we fully changed the floor plan. We moved all the furniture. We did all this crazy shit. Um, that was for the better. And the fact that moving gave us the opportunity to make the space better for the members that we had, we didn't even have mental space to have that conversation like the year before. Um, and so I think that making that change, making all those changes within reducing our space made it feel like this awesome next step um, where we could really like, again, it was like letting your life speak. Like this is, we can, we can make this better. And like, we can be an example about how coworking doesn't have to be about growing and growing and then growing some more and growing at some fast speed where I don't know how they, I don't know how they handle it. Um, but that's not what it's about, that you can change, you can make it smaller and actually we've made it way better. Neat. Keep so, going. So neat. <laughs> neat. I'm so yeah. tempted to cut it off there, but I do want to ask you what the, um, what the response from the members has been. Cause it's like when you, I imagine the energy in there just got completely shaken up, which is a really good thing, right? Like we recently shifted the, our bedroom around and put the bed facing a different direction. And I'm like, I love our room. It's so great. It's like you know, it changed just like the whole energy shifted up. So I'd, I'd love to hear just how you feel like it's affected the community. Um, I think, man, those first, the first like two days, so it was like September 1st, it was like our first day back open just on one floor. And it was like a little bit much. <laughs> like, I think a lot of people showed up because they were as they were excited about it. But like, it was pretty stressful. Like there were a lot of people in the space, like everything was rearranged. So everybody was trying to find things like mm-hmm. where things had gone. We had just moved the weekend before. So like some things weren't put away yet. I mean, they're still not put away yet, but like, you know, nobody knew where anything was. And so there was just a lot of activity. There was a lot of questions. There was a lot. And I think some of the members that was like totally what they were into. Other members like wanted to jump into a hole in the corner because it was just like too much all at once. Um, But aside from those first couple, and we had like a couple of events that were running in the front that were kind of loud. There was just like lots of activity, um, which still happens, but somehow has felt like it toned down a little bit after that first day. Um, on the whole, I get a lot of people telling me how they're so happy that they get to see everyone more. Um, when we were split across two floors, like you could go a day without seeing somebody else who was in the space at the same time. Um, I think that, um, and I actually have some feedback. I'm writing a blog post as part of my content calendar plan. Catch. So glad to hear it. Um, tell me if you want me to nudge you any anytime. Oh, it's the best. I so I asked the members to like tell me what they thought about the move and and about how the space is working for them. And I was like, good or bad, tell me like what works. And um, you know, lots of people being like, there's so much more energy in the space. Um, I like that I get to see everybody, I like that I bump into people more. Um 
yeah, I wish that we had another phone room or two. Right. You know, you know, all the expected stuff, but I think that the the general sense has been positive. Um, and I think that they're going to keep seeing, I think some benefits of us being able to have a more, um, a better sense of focus on making the space that we have better before there was literally just too much space and just two of us trying to keep track of it all. Something would be broken and somebody wouldn't tell us for a while and then it takes a while to fix it. And it's such a big space. And it's just, it was too much. So now I feel like we get to make little improvements that make people's lives better. I just got new little magnetic whiteboard marker holders for the outside of our whiteboard marker signups on the meeting rooms. I feel like it, it just made my life better, but I think it made other people's lives better too. I bought new chalk. Like there's just little stuff that like, maybe because we have a lot of chalkboard walls and like maybe nobody noticed, but I think they actually do notice because they tell me they're like, Oh, cool new markers. I'm like, I know. Yeah. When they so need funny. to write something on the board and it's right there, it's like the most brilliant thing ever. It's all right. about details. Yeah. And we just couldn't have our eyes on the, the little stuff that makes life here so good. Um, yeah. And not that whiteboard markers make things so good, but it really is the little things. I say that all the time, the little things in a co-working space. And we just had too many little things before we couldn't tackle them all. Mm. This has been such a nice chat before we jump off. I feel like since you're such the, I mean, I use the words pioneer and veteran and visionary a lot. She's old. When describing <laughs> um, I, I feel like for the new space operators, which there are just a ton and so many of them want to be doing like this amazing work around community. And it's, I see them um, being intimidated and maybe rightfully so by like the you know, billion dollar valuations and stuff. I just want to get your advice. If you, um, if you could offer community minded new space operators, um, some advice, what would that be? I tell them to not pay a lick of attention to what the big spaces are doing. Just don't even follow it. Don't even, I just can't, I mean, how, how would you keep up? It's such a hot mess. Um, I say that, you know, with a little bit of kindness behind it, but like, it's so big, it's a different ball game. Like if you want to be paying attention to other spaces that you want to be inspired by, pay attention to the, to the little ones that you think are inspiring. Um, they're not going to churn out as much content maybe, or as much, I don't even know. Uh, they don't have billboards on the side of buses. I, that's crazy that that's what <laughs> some of those spaces are able to do. It like boggles my mind now, 11 years later that I see that. Um, but I would say pay attention to the, you know, limit your input to the spaces and the people that bring you joy and that make you feel inspired. Go and visit other co-working spaces that are like yours. Get good ideas. Make friends um, with other co-working space operators. Um, and that's usually the first thing I tell people is, have you been to any other co-working spaces? <laughs> and have you made friends with the people who run them? it's like one of the biggest gifts you can get. We didn't have that option when we were starting. There wasn't anybody else. It was one other person. And then she built something that was too expensive and she went out of business in three months. And like, then we didn't have it. We literally didn't have anybody else to reach out to other than, you know, our peers across the country that we couldn't go and visit all the time. So if there are other co-working spaces near you, go make friends with them. It's better that way. Um, and 
yeah, do the, do the little stuff, do the little important stuff first. Um, I've met with other co-working spaces that have, you know, eight, 10 locations and are growing strong and are doing great, but you know, it's easy to skip the hard stuff when you just want to work on your furniture layouts. Um, it's really easy because it's way easier to work on that than it is to how you're going to support the 10 members who walk in the door first. Um, focus on them. They really don't give a shit about the furniture. They might think they do, but in three months, they won't give a shit about the furniture. They'll give a shit about the person who's sitting next to them. And that's what's important. Brilliant. Susan, thank you so much. What fun to connect with you about all this stuff. Yeah, so great. It's my first podcast. I feel super excited. I'm honored that, that this is it. I'm excited to get it out into the world. I, I always, whenever you're talking, I hang on every word because there are always gems in there. I really oh. appreciate you taking the time. You're so kind. Thanks, Kat. And thanks for doing this. You're a gift to the co-working community. Mm-hmm. You are. It's amazing. Thanks for keeping it real. Thanks for listening to the Coworking Out Loud podcast. If you have suggestions for future guests or topics, get in touch. You can find me at catjohnson.co or on Twitter at catjohnson. If you like what we're doing here, please help us out by leaving a rating and review in your podcast app. It helps more than you might think. Thank you, and I'll talk to you soon.